What's up, citizens of Apologia? This is King Ginger, and I just wanted to take a moment to encourage you all to sign up for Apologia All Access. When you sign up for Apologia All Access, you're going to get exclusive on-demand content. This means that you and your entire family are going to get to watch every single TV show, every single after show, and every single Apologia Academy with new content dropping every single week. But most importantly, your contribution helps Apologia Studios create quality, Christ-centered entertainment that reaches millions of people on our YouTube channels and through our podcast with the gospel. So what are you waiting for? Change everything at ApologiaRadio.com. Non-rockabotus must stop. I don't want to rock the boat. I want to sink it. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? Delusional is okay in your worldview. I'm an animal. You don't chastise chickens for being delusional. You don't chastise pigs for being delusional. So you calling me delusional using your worldview is perfectly okay. It doesn't really hurt. She <laughs> hung up on me. Yes! What? What? Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. The careful men come later and write the biographies of the faithful men, lauding them for their courage. Go into all the world and make disciples. Not go into the world and make buddies. Not to make brosives. Right. Don't go into the world and make homies. Right. Disciples. I got got a bit of a jiggle neck. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke, Pastor. When we have the real message of truth, we cannot let somebody say they're speaking truth when yeah. they're not. Take an amazing journey to a place that will blow your mind and move your heart so you will never be the same again. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Yes. That's, I love that verse, man. That's so a, much. That's a good thing to be thinking about <laughs> right now. Yeah. If you want to walk by faith and not by sight, by faith in what God says, in God's declaration of what history will be, that verse is a grand encouragement. Here we go, guys. Apologia Radio back today with a very important episode. Uh, We're going to talk about cultural stuff right now. We're going to talk about the state of our nation, the state of our world. We're going to talk about the kingdom of the Messiah. We're going to read some funny tweets. We're going to listen to some cool stuff. We're going to engage the culture with the gospel and the biblical worldview. Sitting to my right is Luke the Bear Pearson. Konnichiwa. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wearing his uh, Greg Bonson shirt. Red one, too. I don't have a red one. And this discourages me. <laughs> See, what Luke is that? that? Bad. Luke is all over. Let me make the introductions first. Of course, we have Joy the Girl. Hello. Joy the Girl right now, who's uh, vaping on some Dark Yoda. Are we allowed to <laughs> yeah. say that? Yep. I don't Which care. Which is not, uh, Dark Yoda's not a thing. 
the nerd in me wants to just point that out. That there's no such thing as a dark Yoda? Right. Yoda yeah. is only green and good? It is only a delicious... What is dark Yoda? Juice. What's the difference? One's watermelon and one's uh, green apple. The dark Yoda's watermelon? Yes. Okay. Water. It's pink. That's, that's Water. racist. That's what, what I said. I'm yeah, like, why are they, they racist? Oh, man. That's not even racist. <laughs> that, that is totally racist. <laughs> no. Explain. Because it's talking about dark. Yeah. And watermelon. Except dark you, you in cannot, terms of say that in so today's time, media spectrum. No. Okay. So every time you're watching Star Wars and you hear the dark side, you automatically think racism. Uh, I think you're the I racist. Don't, I'm talking about the liberal media. <laughs> they would. Okay. Well. Yeah. That's it's true. pink. It's pink. And she's and a girl. Delicious. So there you go. And to my left is a man who hasn't been here for a very long time. His name is Honey Bridger. Who? Hey. What's up, Honey Bridger? I have nine fingers. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> just just it for kills Luke. me. See? It kills me. You you were like offended. Well, I, I, I thought maybe it hurt his feelings. Luke no. is always busting on him for we, his nine fingers. Should it's you clarify? Joke. Because everybody only has eight fingers. So it's not like you have an extra digit. Your thumb, <laughs> okay. your thumb technically isn't a finger. Thanks, I wish I could yeah. capture yeah. Jeff's You should see Jeff's face just now. <laughs> okay, Wait, for normal Jeff, people, stop. they have that 10. face is a mean stop. face. Stop. <laughs> are you joking? <laughs> your thumbs are absolutely fingers. No, they're appendages. I I'm am pretty pretty sure. absolutely oh not up to speed Jeff, with this. Jeff forever in that face. <laughs> <laughs> my brain and nobody else saw it that was for just the, for me for the sake of the I'm conversation so <laughs> technically you have nine and a third fingers okay whatever wait 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 wait. Uh, are, is this really happening right now it's this really, are not called fingers I, I don't <laughs> that's how old Jeff is they hadn't started teaching that yet in, in grade school Pluto is also not a planet <laughs> your face hey, Christy is that true Christy's a doctor what does Christy, she say I mean is it true that your thumbs think, aren't fingers have you heard that? What'd you say? That just you think that they are? Or you think it's true? You don't think they are? I'm Googling this right now. <laughs> Great googly wow. moogly. What? Jeff is mind blown. I'm really mind blown. So okay. When did this start? Is this like when Pluto became not yeah. a planet? Yeah. Uh, yes. It started with global warming. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't mind it referring to my fingers, but technically they're not. I think Al Gore that's actually is the one called, that started. That, that, that's why they're called thumbs. Yeah, you don't call it like your yeah, thumb you know, finger. You, know, yeah. no, you got this like a pointer called, finger. This is called a pinky. Pinky finger. Yeah, I, I can be called. I can thumb say thumb finger. No, well, you cannot. <laughs> you never say thumb finger. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I'm, I'm googling it. I don't okay. know. I should just text my wife. She's like in nursing school, so she should know this. While you're googling it, can we talk about favor? You know the first thing that came up. In the Google search, when it finished my, is, it finishes is, our thumbs fingers. Right. And yeah. what's yep. the answer? Okay, here's ready. Here's what came up. It says, "Oh, I know what you're asking about. Are thumbs fingers? Are thumb monkeys real? <laughs> are thumb rings gay? Wow. Are thumbs digits? Are thumbs counted as fingers? Are thumbs vestigial? Are thumb rings in style? Are thumb? Somebody." <laughs> A lot, no, a I lot actually of don't people. care about the thumb finger thing, but I do want to know if thumb rings are in style. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a big controversy in the fashion movement right. happening this right now. This is from Oxford Dictionaries. Oxford Dictionaries says, uh, by the way, Oxford was a Christian institution originally, so take that, atheism. <laughs> it's therefore, although you're winning now, I admit that. <laughs> With Oxford. <laughs> With Oxford, yeah. 
Not for long, though, guys. Under Jesus' feet. It's therefore more accurate to describe a thumb as one of five digits that we have on each hand, rather than as a finger. Digit is the technical term which mm. covers fingers, thumbs, and toes in humans, and similar appendages in some animals. The thumb is the short, thick, first digit of the human hand. They need to make sure that you... Oh, we're talking about the, the first thick one. Wait, wait, wait. Right. Time out, time out. So I do have ten digit. digits. I have ten digits. Well, you, you have do. nine and a third digits. No, 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 no. I can't Whole believe it's a thumb I, why and is finger. It, I, I, my I heart, you got nine my heart third. hurts when we talk about. I, all I can see is that face you make. My heart hurts when I talk about when 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 Honey Bridger's over here like dissing on his missing finger. My heart hurts when it happens. That's the uh, that's you being haunted by what the ghost talking? of his missing. Fingers. It's you. That's it's me? your thing. Yeah, it's your Japanese woman in the background. Are you serious? I, I, I forgot to introduce. <laughs> I forgot to introduce Marcus Pittman. He's what in the background right there. Hey, can we talk about the challenge? We need to go well, ahead and do it. Well, we we'll, gotta do it. Okay, do it. Okay, do that. Then I want Luke to talk about what he's doing tomorrow. Okay. All right. So there's the greatest thing in the planet right now, and we have it here. It's no. called Jesus. I said in the planet. <laughs> wow. Jesus juked. Juked. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it's it's the second greatest thing on the planet right now, and it's called the Favor app. And the Favor app, the Favor app essentially lets you deliver anything that you want, like anything. You can pick the store, and you can pick uh, the location, the store, and the item, and they deliver it to you for five bucks. That is fan. Fantastic. It is. I've used it three times this week. Tell me the world's not getting better. It is. It is. So I can't wait for my food, Marcus. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, we're not going to do food. So you're just going to start the show. Sorry. <laughs> we, we, we changed it up. So we thought it would be awesome to actually send the favor driver to Goodwill and pick a random item, a random two dollar item. That's mean. Sending him to Goodwill. Yeah. We're sending. <laughs> 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 we're sending him to Goodwill. That's will, really a favor. He can get any. I love Goodwill. He can get any item he wants, and Me so too. I'm, I'm going to put the order in now. And then when he gets here, Bridger is going to bring him into the studio, and he is going to the favor driver is going to get over his shock, and then he is going to tell us <laughs> what item he delivered. So I like that name. It's called Favor. Yeah, so that's easy. That's so, good. So here's the message I'm sending. They should call it Solid. Do me a yeah, Solid. Do me a Solid. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. So, uh, so here you couldn't call it hookup <laughs> because that has other connotations for that apps. There, <laughs> there probably exists already. I'm sure it does. <laughs> there is a Goodwill in Tempe, right? Yes, there yes. is. Okay. All right. So it's five minutes from here. It has to be several. Okay. And they all <laughs> smell exactly the same. Okay. Here, so yes. here's what Even I'm day one. Like when they Yoda. <laughs> They they pump it they pump it through the vent. They smell like Yoda's foot. Yeah. We should just have the favor driver take a jar into Goodwill and bring us some Goodwill bring us the air. Smell. <laughs> Goodwill air. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It could be the grand opening of a Goodwill, and it all smells. It's the cleaning products they use. Like good. No, it's some kind of. No, foot. It's, it's, they, like, they pump it through the vent. If, if a foot it's could just fart, to Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't smell that bad. It is what this vape over here smells like. Okay, so we're not going to use half this content. <laughs> All right, so here, here's the message I'm sending him. Congratulations, you are the winner of the random favor driver Goodwill scavenger hunt. Your mission is to buy one random family-friendly item from Goodwill and bring it to our office. The value of the item cannot be more than $2. Pick a great item and you will be rewarded greatly. Be fast. Congratulations on being selected. And so I'm going to send it to him now, and we'll see how long it takes it to Time get him. here. 
we are timing him. It's technically it's eleven twenty-seven here, so. And now, um, it's all good to it's good to go. Do me a solid. And our favorite. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna start a new, a new app, and it's gonna be called Solid. Our favorite driver. Don't his, put that on the air. Actually, his Cut name. That. <laughs> really? Copyright. Okay. I might. Okay. I like that better. <laughs> Marcus is not in like a humorous mood today. No, I'm trying to like get the information <laughs> out so we can do the thing. Every it's time, a hey, it's a morning zoo show, Marcus. It's about uh, past movement. Okay. Every time okay. I've tried to like say something funny to him, he's just like. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying. Well, I'm trying to focus on actually doing the app at the same time. So. Okay, but anyway, our our good. Our, our, our favorite driver. Mm, racism. Is, <laughs> all right, whatever. Okay, <laughs> enjoy yourself. It's Enjoy fun. yourself. We already got back. He I'm sure got back he's to gonna us. have a great time today. <laughs> he in this get studio. Back to us. He's he's already. It's already said he's running the task. So he's no, already oh agreed gosh. to do it. Can't wait to so. meet. So if you're wondering why um, Pastor Luke was uh, playing uh, Domo Oregato. Actually, I wasn't. You were playing. Well, okay. Well, you were about he, to play he was playing some song. I thought she was saying already Oregato. Um, you may have. Someone said something. Luke. Luke is going to Japan. I got a secret. <laughs> well, it's not a secret anymore. Nope, it's not. Luke's going, going to Japan. Japan. He's going to Japan Tomorrow. with his family. Tomorrow we have uh, members of Apologia Church who are very uh, dear to our hearts and we love them a bunch. And uh, Dennis uh, is like the most famous baseball player yeah. in Japan. He yes. plays for... The uh, Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks. Oh right, and uh, that's that's a mouthful right there. Yeah, that's a tough one. Super uh, famous in Japan. He's super mm-hmm. famous. He, they, so they won like everything last Two year. Two years in a row. First of all, I'm gonna say this: I grew up in Japan, and baseball is bigger in Japan than it is in the United States. I doubt that. No, no, it's true. No, it's it really true. is. It's, it's true. Baseball, Tom it's, Selleck. It's true. It's it's bigger in Japan than it is here. They are like nutty about baseball. They absolutely love it, and they're fanatics, and it's just like the thing. They'd be like baseball than karate. It's That'd bigger be than sumo like, wrestling. It's uh, yeah, I'd say it's bigger than sumo wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Um, so <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, but it was serious no, I was, too. It was serious to me. Calculate. Let me calculate. Anyway, let me Google that. So, so Dennis and Jada, his wife Jada, um, and the girls, they're in Japan right now because he. Uh, has to spend time out there during the season, and uh, again, the, he's like the pitcher, which closer. I guess he's it, a closer. It, okay, so he's in baseball, pitcher. his his thing, he throws the ball. Yeah. So um, that's what I know. <laughs> that's pitcher. Okay, so um, he is like a superstar in yeah. Japan, like seriously. And so anyway, he, they're members of Apologia Church, and uh, they, they're right now in Japan, and so. Uh, they are bringing Pastor Luke and his family out for Luke to minister to them and to fellowship because they don't have a church out there. Um, uh, although the church in Japan is starting to see some some solid growth, uh, it is happening. Um, it has its own unique struggles out there. But um, uh, I'll be going out probably uh, end of August to minister to them. And so Luke is getting himself ready 
with uh, I, and I try to encourage him. I try to tell him, look, if you're going to go to Japan, you should probably learn a few Japanese yeah. phrases. Right. Yeah. And you're going tomorrow. Uh-huh. And so what'd you do? He took the lazy route yep. and he downloaded an app. It's, it's true. I'm trying to learn Bobvink right now. This, I'm I trying got Bobvink on the brain. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so let's play a game. Okay, what's just, the game? I just looked. Oh, up. are you gonna ask me like what I really know? No, no. I used to speak fluent Japanese. You now I've forgotten. We it. tried. You didn't do yeah. very good. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, I, I, I got you close. Kinda, you I got you were close. in the right, the right ballpark. Yes. Since we're talking about baseball. Since we're talking about dancing. <laughs> so, which I guess in Japan, <laughs> in Japan they call him Denise. I oh, find really? Out. Yeah. Denise. Yep. All right, so, Denise. Um, D-nice? I, D-nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just found the best part. It tells me all the food items in Japanese. <laughs> so, now I can order so all the meats all and cheeses. Really meats and cheeses. All so the meats and cheeses. I'm going to click on some of these, and I want to see if you guys can guess what they are. Niku. Niku. Yes. That's a sushi. No. Uh, well, it might be. Nico, uh, um, uh, that, that's a potato? It's it's meat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so... I was going to say burrito. Just said it, was, it could be a sushi. Do they have a lot of potato sushi on there? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, one, this one's really difficult. Sausage. <laughs> sausage. Sausage. I'm good. I got sausage. sausage. <laughs> Bacon. Bacon? Bacon. Good bacon. job. Okay, bacon. <laughs> Ham. 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 And this one's for Marcus. Yasai. That must be vegetables. Good right. job. I already knew that because yes, Luke you earlier gave it was away. like, this it wasn't one's that for hard. you. Okay, are you ready? Couple Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> bacon. Sausage. I can't find uh, gravy. I can't find gravy though. Cheese. Uh, so. um, <laughs> I need to know what gravy is. So here's the here's the thing. Uh, in Japan, they have like the mamasans that are like you know running around, and the young the Your young mamasan. Yeah, <laughs> young mamasan. <laughs> they high fived each other. That you guys, was worth a high five. Yeah, it was for a, sure. Yeah, it sure was. Um, and uh, I remember when I was a kid in Japan, the mamasans um, didn't like the young kids a lot, American kids because. Um, I'm sure there's a bit of a history there, and uh, uh, we would usually be running amok and, and causing problems and, you know, getting crazy, and, and so the mama-sans would smack us on the tops of the heads, and I heard this all the time. They'd say, dame, dame, dame. That means stop it. Stop what you're doing now. So if you, you hear somebody- remember that one. If you hear somebody say to you, I'll dame, probably, if you I'm, hear somebody say, dame, then you need to stop whatever it is you're doing. Well, okay. if you get slapped on the head, you should stop doing what you're doing yeah. anyways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Context I'm probably going to hear that. Chotamate? Chotamate means... You're probably going to hear that at the buffet. Chotamate okurasai means uh, just a moment, please. Chotamate okurasai? Okay. Yep. My wife's really offended, I mean, really concerned and worried that I'm going to offend the Japanese people. You probably will. You, and you, I just said, I'm only going to be there a week. <laughs> Watashi wa... Don't, don't know me. Watashi wa Luke is how you say, I am Luke. Oh. I, I am Luke. I am Luke. Watashiwa is a band I used to listen to. Maybe you know I'll to say, pull them up. Have you, have you figured out how to say where is the bathroom yet? Because no, I can't find it. That's vitally important. I can't find it on the app. It's got to <laughs> be there. I looked. That's very uh, important. Hatsui. Hatsui means hot. It's hot right now. Hatsui. Oh. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's hey, it's not it? like hot meat, like chop suey? Nope. Hot no. chop suey. Just hot. It's <laughs> hot. So let's get to the discussion after, of course, of course, a little bit of fun this first segment. We're going to have Joy, the girl, talk to us about Twitter. Give us some tweets. Okay, I can give you some tweets. What's, I'm the, not context, talk to you what's, about what's the context of the tweets uh, today? Well, the title of this is 
24 tweets that will make you feel more human. I'm not going to read all 24. Okay. Some of them are just not worth my time. But, okay, so um, here's one. When parents say to kids, go to your room and think about what you've done, it's really good practice for what you'll do every night as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Very good. Wise words. Um, am I a good person? No. But do I try to be better every single day? Also no. Also no. Wow. Well, that's a, a lot of theology in that one. That's deep. That's a person that doesn't know the Lord for sure. Okay. Uh, this may not be all that historically accurate, but okay. I'm going to read it anyway. Being 28 in 2016, I'm not ready for a relationship. 28 in 1816, I have 13 kids. <laughs> 28 in 1000 BC, I lived a good life. Thrice I ate a berry and once a pear. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Uh Oh. Um, Video doesn't load within two seconds. Well, I guess I'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Truth. Have you seen that one comedian that talks about that? Very true. That one comedian that talked about how people get so frustrated if something doesn't get to us instantly on the phone. We're like, oh my gosh. He's like, would you give it time? <laughs> right. It's going from space right. to here. Like, I love that comedian, yeah, but I don't yeah. know if I'm allowed to admit that I listen yeah. to that comedian. Is it Bill Burr? So it's a Bill. Louis C.K. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> my house looks like I'm losing a game of Jumanji. <laughs> that that <laughs> describes my house yes. right, right now with Hurricane 1 like, and Hurricane there was 2. A, there was sort yeah. of like a, like a somber a somber wave sort of went over the studio when I read that. I laughed when I read it, but you guys were like, oh, yeah, that's true. Jumanji. I just pictured all my books coming at me. <laughs> mm. yeah. um, You're bragging now. And then, uh, dang it, where's so, this one? My enemies are going to be so sorry books. if I ever get out of this beanbag chair. My Hulk media shirt. <laughs> Wait, say that again? <laughs> my enemies are going to be so sorry if I ever get out of this beanbag chair. <laughs> All right, I think that's enough. Good stuff. Um, we have a lot to talk about today, um, besides Luke going to Japan, uh, besides the amusing tweets and the fun stuff. We do have a lot to talk about. Oh, that's my bacon and eggs right there. Give me that away. I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to eat it, Jeff. Okay, um, Especially the bacon. It's kind of cold right now, but uh, I'm hungry. I have food here. That's You're trying to get of, the nine finger discount. having your own studio. You can do whatever. Whatever, whatever, whatever you, you want. You you cannot eat during the show. Well, I am. No, you cannot. Luke, Luke can't do whatever you want. Luke, Luke I've been eating this whole time. I've been eating this bear claw the whole time. Um, there are blueberries in that. See what I have to deal with. <laughs> blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's custard. Custard in Good. there. Good. So um, we are hitting, we mic. are hitting a very interesting time uh, in the history of the church and the history of the world right now. Um, the church. At the ascension of Jesus, you got very eleven very confused disciples in the upper room. Little over a hundred uh, disciples. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Pentecost, you've got the gospel going out. Three thousand people saved that first day, um, and the gospel went forth. It was a little mustard seed. The kingdom was a mustard seed, and uh, it's growing into that large tree that Jesus talked about. History has come with moments of great, great triumph for the kingdom of the Messiah through the gospel and the work of Jesus through his church in the world. Um, We have seen nations come to Christ, whole nations come to Christ. We have seen places where the church is flourishing and growing, and we've seen places where the church was once flourishing and growing uh, die 
Uh, we now have the gospel communicated in more nations than we ever have before in the history of the entire world. The church is, in fact, growing. Growing. The numbers prove it. The church is growing around the world. However, in the West, we are experiencing the decline of uh, what was once a Christian civilization in the West. Um, again, I just quoted a moment ago from the Oxford Dictionary, Oxford an institution that was started by Christians, for Christians, for the glory of Jesus Christ, Harvard, Yale, Brown University, all of these uh, institutions started by the church. Uh, modern science getting its big pop because of the Christian worldview and what the Christian worldview gave rise to. Uh, Pastor Luke flying a plane from Arizona to Japan, uh, our smartphones. You're flying I'm not actually flying it. Flying in it. Yeah. <laughs> our our smartphones, our computers, this studio, our ability to stream and abortion now. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, twenty thousand people watching it the first mm. day. Um, doing that for about you know five thousand dollars in two thousand sixteen. You know, wouldn't have been possible fifteen years ago to do that sort of a thing. You know, all these advancements we see have their genesis, their genesis within the framework of the biblical worldview and what the Christian worldview gave to the world. However, we're hitting a very difficult and dark time right now. We have to all confess to that. We're hitting a moment in the history of the church right now in the West where we, again, see a decline. You see moral decay all around us. We've got babies dying every single day um, in our neighborhoods, 3,000 plus a day. You've got a million babies being slaughtered in our nation just this nation every single year you have our nation supporting and applauding gay mirage you've got awful awful governmental policies right now that are just oppressive destroying people there is taxation and theft at a level that would have utterly bewildered and shocked any of the puritans just a couple hundred years ago you have a nation that has turned its back on God, broken covenant with God, and now we are reaping the whirlwind. The whirlwind. We are reaping what we sow, and the church's um, absence from the culture, our inability and um, unwillingness to proclaim the gospel in the midst of a dying and dark culture has given to us what's right before us. Um, you know, here's the thing. I wanted to say this before we go to a break and we come right back with the full content. Uh, you know, here's this is important because um, yesterday uh, Ted Cruz uh, dropped out of the race and, um, you know, he wasn't like a perfect candidate or anything like that, but it just reveals for us who's who's coming up in the election. Who's coming up in the election is Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Madness. Who would have imagined, <laughs> imagined that we have as our options for the presidency Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. God answered uh, our imprecatory prayers. That's what that is right there. So I want to say this. Here's here's first and foremost. Listen, please, with humility and respect, I'm saying this. You can't gauge the success of Christ's gospel and his kingdom. You can't gauge it based upon who occupies the presidency of these United States. That is just simply absurd it's arrogant actually to think whoa jesus mission in the world and his kingdom are failing the gospel is failing the church is failing because this guy or this lady occupies the presidency 
That's it's arrogant. It's 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 believing that America, in some sense, is the barometer. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the it's the measuring line, the standard as to whether or not Christ is victorious in the world. Because Donald Trump is running for president, because Hillary Clinton is running for president. I saw people that I love and respect and adore say things like, uh, "No, the world is not getting better." In response to Ted Cruz dropping out of the race, I'm going to just say it's not biblical to live to walk by sight and not by faith. If we look at the conditions of the world around us and we say, well, that means that Jesus is failing, the church is failing, the kingdom of God is failing, the gospel is failing. If we, we look at our circumstances and, and that's what tells us how things are, then the church would have died 2,000 years ago. You see, when the church had its genesis, when Pentecost happened, that happened in a with, with the circumstances around the church where you had a pagan dominant society. You've got Rome itself as a pagan society. Caligula is instituting and really propagating and growing this disgusting imperial worship cultus. I mean, they all essentially, you know, thought they were gods and titles of son of God and salvation was in the Caesar and all those things. But you got Caligula and Nero that really brought it to, to this amped up, despicable, disgusting, disgraceful degree. You've got the Christians getting persecuted from Rome in the 60s and from the Jews. You've got Jesus speaking to the churches in Revelation, real churches that actually existed then who were undergoing uh, a lot of difficulty and trials and tribulations, persecutions from the Jews, persecutions from the Romans. You've got internal difficulty and false doctrine. Jesus speaks directly to those churches. Church had difficulty then. You've got people in Rome who are uh, throwing their children out to die from exposure on a regular basis, just children tossed out to die, and the Christian church coming to scoop them up and adopt those babies and bring them into their homes and families. You have worship centers uh, around town at the time the church was given uh, birth where uh, people can go in. You could pay these pagan prophetesses and priests um, to engage in uh, an orgy. Uh, as a, as a form of worship, and this was uh, this these were like around, like on the street corners. These places are around there. You've got again paganism surrounding the church on all sides. And if the church would have said, "Well, it really looks like Jesus is failing," I mean, here's what I'm saying: When Nero was rounding up Christians in the streets, and he was tying them them to uh, poles and stakes to wrap them in pitch and to light them on fire, to use them as Roman candles for his garden parties at night. When that was happening, did it look like society was in total decay and failure? Of course it did. Did it look like the church was dying and failing? Of course it did. When, when, when people are expelled from Rome over, over riots and fights over Christus, did it look like things were going well for the church? You know, when... When um, Ireland, St. Patrick goes into Ireland and he sees these thugs and these barbarians and these people in Ireland, you know, running amok across that whole island. Did St. Uh, uh, Patrick. Patrick, Patrick. Did, did, did Patrick go in there and say, uh, well, looks like Jesus' kingdom has failed. Or how about when John Knox goes into Scotland and he sees the decay of, of Scotland and the false teaching and the leadership that is corrupt. 
Did John Knox go into Scotland and say, oh, well, I guess the world isn't getting better and Jesus is failing and the mission of the kingdom is failing. John Knox said things like, God, Scotland or I die. And by the time John Knox is finished with his mission, he wasn't a perfect man, by the time he was finished with his mission and ministry in Scotland, all of Scotland, you could say, was Christian. It was so Christian and so Calvinist, it was Christian and Calvinist to its parliament. That's how far-reaching that went. And so when, when people say, oh, look at the state of the presidency in the United States of America, the church is failing and it's done, and the mission of the kingdom is somehow failing, and the world is not getting better, I'm going to say it is, number one, not biblical. We're going to do that in a minute here, and I'll show you what I mean by that. It is, in a sense, and I mean this with love, arrogant to think that we as the United States are the centerpiece of God's plan in the world? How arrogant is that? What about the Christians in China who are growing so quickly that there are news reports that say by the year 2030 that China is going to become the most populated Christian with Christians nation? What about China? Is the church dying? Is it not getting better there with the kingdom of, the G of Jesus in, in, in China? How about in all the other foreign nations where the church is growing? It is actually growing and seeing revival and you're seeing people come to Jesus. How about that? Is it really America? You see, here's what's interesting here. Here's a post-millennialist. Oftentimes, post-millennialists are wrongly and inaccurately portrayed as saying something like, America! <laughs> right? Like somehow like, um, like America is the kingdom of Jesus. Like we want some political takeover sort of thing. Nothing can be farther from the truth. It's about the gospel. And here's what I'm saying as a post-millennialist. America has no special significance in terms of like the eschatological plan. Like it has to be America being successful in terms of kingdom work or it doesn't work. Nothing says, watch this, that America has any special place whatsoever in the whole plan. Nothing in the Bible talks about America, except in terms of the whole world and all the nations returning to the Lord and worshiping before him. But I wanted to say this. We can't walk by sight. We have to walk by faith. And all of the people in history, all the Christians that saw grand revival and work in the world, they all went into places where there was darkness, difficulty, decay, sin, paganism, false worship, false gospels. And when they were faithful in those cultures and they proclaimed the gospel, those people came to Jesus and those nations turned to Jesus. It has to do with the church repenting. And I want to just say this before we go to the break. I thank God for the wicked rulers that he has raised up over this nation because the nation is getting the rulers we deserve. And I do agree with John Calvin when he says that when God wants to judge a nation, he gives them wicked rulers to judge them. And I thank God for the wicked rulers like Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Am I happy about the fact that we're about to experience some severe persecution and difficulty and decay in the, in the nation we live? I am not happy about that. And I plead with God for repentance in our nation, first in the church and then in the world. But I want to say I thank God for it because I believe that the church needs to be woken up and I believe that our nation needs to come to repentance. And I don't think that's ever going to happen until we experience some severe pain. And I think that that 
is God's purpose in raising up this wicked woman, Hillary Clinton, and this wicked man, Donald Trump, to be in positions of authority and power in our nation. And I think it's a good thing. I was talking to my son, Sage. This is my son, Sage. He's just so bright. He really is just bright. Not in everyday things. <laughs> I love it about him. He's like Jerry. He's just so, you know, he's just, you know, he's just chill in his he's brain. He's appropriately named. He's, yeah, Sage. Sage. And uh, Sage is uh, almost 17. Knows more about history uh, probably than I'll ever know. Uh, it's because George Grant is the one that taught him. Hate to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, the favorite driver is here. Okay. Bam. So just briefly as the as the favorite driver gets in here, uh, Sage said to me yesterday, it was just Sage wisdom. He said, uh-huh. I'm kind of glad. This is him saying it. Not me. He didn't hear me say it. He said, Dad, I'm kind of glad that this is happening. He said, I think that things need to completely blow up before they're going to get better. And I was like... I love you. <laughs> Good job, son. Awesome. And he said that he said, I think that our economy needs to crash. I think that our world needs to crash before things change. And I agree with that. I think it has to be that way in order for repentance to happen in our nation. So we are going to be right back, guys. ApologiaRadio.com. Before they blow up, let's enjoy being able to order things from Goodwill. Hey, that's right. <laughs> from the comfort of your home. That's right. Without Apo- the smell. ApologiaRadio.com. Be right back. <laughs> What's up, y'all? This is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio at ApologiaRadio.com. Want to talk to you guys about an amazing connection that we have right now with Whitfield Theological Seminary. I want you to run over to Whitfield.edu, Whitfield.edu, W-H-I-T-E-F-I-E-L-D.edu. I want you to check out the programs they have. They have undergraduate programs at Whitfield College, and they also have Whitfield Theological Seminary for the graduate degree and above and beyond. I I think you'll really be impressed with the rigorous nature of the classes, the consistent biblical worldview taught and adhered to. I want you to contact Whitfield Theological Seminary at whitfield.edu. Get a hold of our friend, Dr. Kenneth Talbot, and start your classes today. ApologiaRadio.com. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build Him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. This is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu forward slash explore. All right, guys, welcome back to Apology Radio. It's exciting times. Yes. It really is. I'm excited. We have... Oh, Marcus, I'll let you introduce... Uh, this is uh, our favorite driver. This is our favorite driver. And he was tasked with going to Goodwill to get us an item under two bucks. And he has his item. And I'm excited to find out what it is. Okay, so Favor is an app where you can order virtually anything you want. Someone comes and delivers it to you. And it's five bucks? Yep, five five bucks. bucks. Five bucks? 
five bucks, and then obviously you got you got to tip. It's good to tip these guys, right? And uh, so hard. we sent him on a mission to Goodwill, and he he had two dollars to work with. Probably is this a strangers order you've ever had? Uh, this is the strangest order I've had. Okay, sweet. How long have <laughs> yes. you been working for Favor? Uh, probably about a month and a half now. Okay, when we we would use his name, but he doesn't want to use his name on the air, so we will call him He Who Shall Not Be Named. Yes. So He Who Shall Not Be Named. Uh, what did you get us with two dollars from Goodwill? So I went with sort of old school. Yes. I got Rookie of the Year on VHS. Yes. Oh, <laughs> a baseball yeah. movie. Yes. A baseball That's movie. Perfect. That's, perfect. That's providential. That yes. is providential. Right? That's amazing. We were just talking about baseball, and okay. so, and we never really do that because. <laughs> Jeff doesn't know what a baseball is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so, Rookie of the Year, and it's a now, VHS tape. And now, is it actually Rookie of the Year inside there? Because one time, I bought Space Jam, and it was What Women Want. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> messed up. <laughs> oh, oh, Did you watch it anyway? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, so, so let's see. Let's see if it, it oh. is Rookie of the Year. Okay. Oh, wow. 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 All right. So we want to thank you, he who shall not be named. I appreciate it. For uh, coming to our studio, and uh, you're welcome to come back. We may order stuff. From, can we? Can you pick the same driver? I wish you could, man. I haven't been able to do you that. You can't do that? You not can't yet. be like, he's my favorite, I want that guy? Yeah, he's, no. I don't like that, because like you might have a good favor experience, and then all of a sudden you get some guy that's totally just... There's no such thing as a bad favor experience, let me just tell you. There's no such thing as a bad <laughs> favor experience? He's my favorite. They're all great. All right, well, this guy, time is money. Time is money with he (laughs) who shall not be named, and so we don't want to keep him any longer. So, Marcus over there, I think we'll hook you up. He got hooked up, man. Trust me. He got hooked up. All right, man. Thank you, dude. Thank Thank you. Appreciate it, it, man. Nice job. You guys have a great day. You too. All right, guys. So, that was our favor experience. That's pretty sweet. So, Marcus, what are some of the things that you've gotten from favor? I've gotten five guys. Five guys? I've gotten 12 yerba mates. And I like, like, do you tell them where to go? You say go to Whole Foods and there's just a button that says order anything and you type the store name. Okay. It could be any store name. And then you type the items that you want. And then they just say they're getting it. Uh, The one driver told me they don't, the only things they don't get are, uh, they don't get, they don't pick up money, people or drugs or alcohol. However, they will pick up vape juice. Huh? So for five bucks. Yeah. Five bucks. Five Jeff's, bucks. Jeff's never leaving his house again. <laughs> so now you got Amazon that delivers to your door. Yeah, but they have a $20 minimum. And they only have a limited selection. This is true. food. Like okay. this, they'll deliver fresh food. I can say anything. What if I deliver I, not fresh food? <laughs> I want a hamburger, but I want to wait. For like three hours. So I, I can say I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> I can say I want you to go to Lowe's and give me a two by four. And they yes. go, they go to Lowe's and give me a two by four. Yes, they will that get you fantastic. a four cent because I need lots of two by fours. <laughs> <laughs> well, they make sure it's crowned and not wavy. This you is really really know cool. what I'm talking about now. I, I do because no. I I went I know, with you I to can... look for wood and it took forever. It took forever to get wood from yes. Lowe's yes. with Luke yes. because. He eyes, eyeballs every piece. You gotta have a straight piece of wood. That's oh, right. Man. Doesn't do That's any right. good to build something with a curvy piece of wood. <laughs> He's like, he, he, welcome he, to my brain. He just got very serious with he that. He did. He did. I don't play. All right, guys. Speaking of that, actually, now that you mentioned that, yeah, I will not buy lumber from Lowe's. So I'm glad you brought that up. Why is that? Never buy lumber from Lowe's because it's never straight. 
Yeah, no, I won't. I refuse to buy lumber from Lowe's. It's I've never gotten a straight piece of wood from there. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Yep. So these are, these are problems I never have. Yes. <laughs> I never have straight wood there. Yeah. Um, Stinking Lowe's. All right. So here's the thing. Um, I just want to say that I I think the fact that you can do that shows things are getting better. That is a blessing. It is. It really is. I mean, you could. I mean, could you imagine like. A thousand years ago, like if they wanted to go and get, they had to actually go and kill their animal, right? Like 50 years ago, I'm not complaining about they just that. go to the grocery <laughs> store. And now you don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, for goodness sake, for you know goodness what? sake, Rookie of the Year wasn't even made a thousand years ago. So. That's exactly you know right. That's this exactly is right. straight up Wally. Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's the beginning. We're all going to be, and I'm totally okay and with it because Wally is never adorable. Get out of them in the next five years. <laughs> well, you know what's you know, here's the thing. Watch this. For the people who say things are not getting better, first of all, what exactly do you mean by that? Spiritually, because I'd say people coming to Christ is a miracle happening every single day. Amen. And if it's happening in whole nations and they're growing and growing and growing, that's miraculous, and it is getting better. But isn't it funny that people who say things like it's not getting better are saying it, typing on their computers from their house, sending that message all the way to Australia and Japan. Oh, and then the next thing they push the button on is the gospel or some video of them preaching the gospel and it's getting around the world being watched thousands of times. And they go, it's not getting better. Really? Because I remember a time where you used to preach the gospel once in the street and it never repeated again in that location at that time for anybody else. You reach the five, ten people who were in front of you, and now, push of a button, through our technology, the gospel's on repeat, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, all across the planet. Don't tell me things aren't getting better, and don't tell me things aren't getting better because of who's running for the White House. We have a king already. And you know one of the things, another thing, Sage, I'll give you some more of Sage's, hashtag Sage Wisdom, right here, Sage Wisdom. <laughs> um, well, Sage said yesterday to me, after he was saying, you know, everything needs to crash for, for you know, God to do something for it to get better. Uh, it's interesting, he said, it shouldn't matter who's running for president of the United States. He says, that's not even how our system was set up, that it even really matters who occupies that position. That position is not supposed to have that much power and authority over the states. Mm. Um, one of the things that uh, Douglas Wilson and Christopher Hitchens talked about in the film Collision is how far off we are today from our origins and how when the United States gathered together and we have this, you know, this nation, these United States together, that it wasn't like a, it wasn't what we've made it today. Like that's the chief who runs the entire country and dictates all things in your lives you know, a dictator sort of situation. Uh, like Hitchens, an atheist, said, they were just saying, this is our thing. It's just our thing. Mm. Like, you know, it's our, little, it's our little connection. It's like our, our little thing. It wasn't from the top, that's the king and he rules the nation, or that's the queen and, and they rule the nation. This was a republic. It was, in fact, a Christian republic. Was it a perfect nation? No. Was it a utopia? Absolutely not. Were there things they did wrong? Absolutely all, all the way, I'm there, okay? Doesn't it make you mad that Hitchens, being British, knows more about like American he, history, American history. And government <laughs> yes. better than Americans do here? Yes, yes, yeah, he, and he certainly did. There's no question about that. He really genuinely did. And I think that's why I had so much uh, have, have and had so much affection 
for Christopher Hitchens because there were areas where he was just really consistent. He was honest. He didn't care what people thought. Obviously, he was a rebel against his creator and he didn't know God and he was warring against Christ on a regular basis. But he got things right often, like, for example, abortion, you know, and, and at least one aspect of abortion. He says, look, it's life. You can't kill a baby. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm good. Good for you, Christopher mm. Hitchens. And he did understand um, how our nation was supposed to work in that respect. But, you know, that's good wisdom. The president who occupies that position is not supposed to dictate so much in our lives. And so how does change occur? Well, ultimately through the gospel and only through God's spirit. We all know that. So hashtag the gospel saves. Okay. But how is change going to take place? It takes place from the bottom up, Mm -hmm. not from the top down. And we have to be straight with something. Look, we're not going to see like massive, massive change, I think, from the federal government and the right. top. And you can't expect it. People, people, listen, people have the leaders that they want right now in this nation. You gotta, we gotta wrap our he- heads around that. Sorry, because this commercial keeps coming up and it's killing me. <laughs> the change that's gonna take place has to take place from the bottom. So, uh, Joel McDermott wrote a book a while back. It's called Changing America One County at a, at a Time. And that, that really is fundamentally what has to take place. And so I say we take our eyes off of the presidency and get our eyes back on our neighborhoods, our communities, our cities, our states. That's where it has to take place. By the way, that's how our nation was set up. Right. It was set up in such a way that we could resist from the bottom. Lower magistrates, lesser magistrates could resist the higher magistrate. That's the history of our nation. That's how our law system works, our legal system works. That's how our system of government works and so we have to think in terms of repentance and faith at the bottom level to our neighborhoods communities cities and states and then when hearts have been changed and people love god and his law more that's where they hold to those truths at their localities yeah things are gonna get bad i i think so i mean i think a nation that is almost 20 trillion dollars or is it 20 now 20 trillion dollars in debt cannot sustain that and uh, where we're at now in our nation, when other nations have gotten to this degree of debt, uh, that's where things have fallen apart. Am I a prophet? No. But I know that if I look at somebody's bank account and it's overdrawn by $20 trillion and they don't have enough money coming in to sustain paying that debt off and covering their needs, I think I know what happens. And you do too. When someone doesn't have the money to cover their needs... They start to lose what? Their homes. They start to not be able to pay for food. They can't do the fun things anymore. They get stuck. And sometimes they end up on the streets and they end up begging for change and those sorts of things. Uh, It's real. It's just real. And if our nation hates God, murders babies, destroys people's lives, is crushing and trampling the widows and the orphans, I know that God has something to say to that. And I believe with all of my heart that Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are both judgments on this nation. It doesn't matter which one gets the presidency. Both of them are a curse on this nation. Does everyone get that? So people say this, look, you know, look, you got to vote for the lesser of two evils. You got to get, you know, if you don't vote for Trump, you're going to get Hillary. First of all, I I would want to talk to you about that argument, but I'm going to say this. Even if you get Trump, you understand that that's God cursing our nation, whichever one you vote for. Whichever one is a curse on our nation. Doesn't matter which one. And so what's it mean? Watch. How do, how do we actually affect this? Well, first of all, you don't stop God's judgment in your nation because you vote for the lesser of two evils. How are we going to avert the judgment of God in our nation? 
calling our nation to repentance. It's not going to be because who's in that office. I, listen, here's, the, here's to the Ted Cruz supporters. I think if Ted Cruz was president, you still have to deal with the problem of big government, people sending their children to public schools, people indoctrinated with an antithetical worldview to the Christian worldview. You still have to deal with a godless society that loves their sin. How come nobody wants a righteous leader? Because as a whole, our nation is so unrighteous and we hate God. So what do we want? If we hate God and we don't like his laws and we don't want justice, then we want a leader who hates God, doesn't like God's law, doesn't stand for justice. And we're just getting the reflection. Like the, the pre- person who runs for president is in a sense a mirror to the nation. Mm. You're just looking in a mirror at, at, at who we are as a people. Does it mean that we don't have God's people in this nation doing amazing things for God? Of course not. But that's a reflection of our nation. Donald Trump is the leader our nation deserves. Hillary Clinton is the leader our nation deserves. That's who we love. All right, guys, I'll let you talk. Um, first, I was going to say that when Trump dropped out yesterday, uh, not Trump, Cruz, I mean, sorry. Did you hear there was one big collective sound? Did you hear it? No. When he did it, it was this one big collective this. Sided. <laughs> Sided. <laughs> I bet you there were college students that were saying that. Like, <laughs> wow, um, I, I'm reminded of uh, the story of, uh, of of Jonah and Nineveh. I think is a good example. Everyone looks to the king to repent, but when you look at the story of Nineveh, it was the people that repented and that uh, went up to the king. He heard what was happening to the people, and then the king repented. So we're mm. looking at it backwards. We're trying to get a Christian president. Right. As opposed of doing things at a state level, uh, when there's so much corruption among our worldview as a whole, that even if we got a Christian king, it would be like ripping a Band-Aid off. Like it would be, it would mm-hmm. be a painful experience that would probably end in a violent revolution. I think it wouldn't, it wouldn't work uh, the way it should. Well, yeah, because like you have someone like Ron Paul who was saying things like kill the IRS, audit the Fed, end the Fed, get back to the gold standard. And people thought that he's he's nutty. Homeschool, (laughs) uh, don't engage in uh, foreign wars that are not direct provocations of us. So in other words, no um, offensive wars, only defensive wars. And people thought that Ron Paul was nutty, right? They were like, that guy's a nutcase. Why would we want to end the IRS? Right, like at the debate when he's asked what the tax rate will be when he's a president, and he goes zero. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and the moderator's like, "Are you saying zero? And he's like, "Yes, <laughs> uh, I said zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, I, go ahead, go ahead. But uh, no, like uh, you know, Joel McDermott tweeted yesterday. He said, "I'll be impressed with the never Trump hashtags when they're accompanied by never public school hashtags." Mm. Because it's exposing, like, look, guys, like, there's a lot more than just a president. And that's the problem in our country. <laughs> right? right. So we got Trump because we send our kids to public schools, because we don't educate them, because they're not being taught a Christian worldview. That's how we end up with Trump and Hillary, ultimately. My, like, okay, so good example. Uh, and I do want you to please jump in here, guys. My son, Sage, I'm talking about a lot today. I love him. He should be on the um, show more. He's really struggling right now because we lost our dog on Monday. Uh, I feel bad for him. Um, 
But my son was trained by not only my home and whatever failures and deficiencies I have as a father, he's still got in the biblical worldview and the gospel. Um, he was also trained by Dr. George Grant, who taught him history, the history of the world. And he taught that history of the world with a biblical worldview. And he showed the, the belief systems that led to what happened in the world. And my son has studied worldview and philosophical, philosophy and um, the undergirding uh, of the system. He's studied all that, learned all that. And so here's the thing. My son loves liberty. Not because I've pounded it into him. He's gotten that by the gospel. But it's not because I've pounded it into him. It's because he's gotten his whole worldview shaped and his understanding of history shaped in such a way that he understands how a cause and effect works and he understands what truth is and he understands the impl impl implications of worldview. And so because of that, my son is the kind of person that loves liberty. He understands why there must be a small government. He understands what self-governance means. He understands all of that. And guess what? My son would never be deluded into, into following one of these wicked leaders. He sees through what they say. He understands what they say. He takes it apart. He understands how government's supposed to work. He understands how the world is supposed to work. And you know why that is? It's not because I'm a perfect father. It's not because of that in any respect. It's because my son was not given an antithetical worldview to the biblical worldview. And so, when you have a person who's homeschooled, given a biblical worldview, put alongside a person who was trained in the government schools... And you ask, well, what kind of world do you want to see? They say different things. They want different leaders. They understand the world in an entirely different way. And we've got to grant this. If this generation says, give us Hillary, give us Trump, it's because somebody taught them those things. Mm -hmm. They got them somewhere. Where'd they get them from? And so here's the thing. I was saying this to Sage yesterday. I said, I believe that if this next generation got George Grant, that kind of education... This is not, by the way, just supposed to be an advertisement for George Grant at kingsmeadows.com, but it, it is. Uh, but if every kid got a George Grant kind of education, that kind of education, I, I know this. The next generation after that, no way a wicked ruler would get elected as president. <laughs> it wouldn't happen because yeah. they wouldn't want it. Right. You, know, you know where else it wouldn't happen? Where? If everybody went to New St. Andrews. Biblical worldview. Nice. It is. Yeah, no, it's hey, fine. No. You name it. Classical Christian education, yeah. New St. Andrews, Dr. George Grant, uh, Answers in Genesis curriculum, you know, for science and all, all the rest. Apologia Academy. Apologia Academy. <laughs> Listen, the world would not want a wicked leader. Our nation wouldn't want it. It would be so foreign. They'd be, we'd be, it would just be revolting to, to, to mm -hmm. even think about electing someone like that. Why do we have these leaders? Because they are exactly the, lead, exactly the leaders that our right. nation wants and deserves. Right. So can I talk about this blog now? Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, go ahead. So this, this blog is written by a man that holds justification by faith alone to his core. An imputation of Christ's righteousness <laughs> yeah, and obedience and works there. by faith alone. And, <laughs> oh, and that man. faith is even a gift itself from God so yeah. that no one can boast. Just, yeah, just want to throw was that, that out. all one hashtag? Yeah, it was one hashtag. Hashtag. Everything so, you just said. So, uh, Douglas Wilson is who we're talking about. Uh, so, he, he just came out with the blog today, which I thought he hit the nail on the head uh, regarding Trump. He's, it's titled, Seven Reasons Why Trump Administration Might Be a Good Thing. So, I'm just going to read the seven reasons we can discuss amongst ourselves. Um, number one, a Trump administration would manifestly be a judgment from God, and judgments from God are good, not pleasant, but they are always good. Amen. Mm. Which we kind of already talked about. 
Uh, number two, a Trump administration would mean that as a nation, we had abandoned the pretense of hypocrisy and evasion. Our egotism would be manifest, our pride appalling, and our insolence remarkable. Number three, a Trump administration would identify a larger number of conservative hustlers than have already been revealed. That's a huge one, I think. Yeah. Hustler. <laughs> he says he says he's not going to mention names, but ironically enough, one of them rhymes with sanity. <laughs> yeah. That was That's funny because awesome. it took you all a minute to get that. Yeah, but it took me a second, yeah, but I got it. Yeah. Well, because it's so deep. Yeah. It is very really yeah, awful. Good. Very good. So, uh, number four, Trump administration would destroy the Republican Party, which is, I've been praying for that, <laughs> yes. to be honest. Glory. Really have, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, praise the Lord. Yeah. And in all these points, he really goes into, into a little bit more detail and, and describes what he means. Um, we don't have time for that. Number five, a Trump administration would jar a large number of complacent Christians out of their doctrinal excuses for non-involvement in the political realm. Right there, I think, is uh, that's we kind of been talking about that a little bit. That's that's just that's the underlying issue is Christians not wanting to engage politics, not wanting to speak to the culture. Mm. Uh, number six, a Trump administration would lay to rest forever the idea that anything is better than the Democrat. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's big. That's big. Yeah. That's big. So uh, uh, here's the thing. Um, Hold on, well, can I just? Oh yeah, more, I'm sorry. That you know, no, I'm sorry. Sorry. one more, and then I'll let okay. you talk. No, 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 it's fine. Uh, so number seven, a Trump administration would humiliate American pride, and then um, I'm going to read the last paragraph. He said, "That's a great point, right? It's, that it's, is it's a huge. very good one." So let me read. I'm going to read real quick his last paragraph, and then we can discuss it. So he says, "It is Christ or the void, Christ or chaos, Christ or anarchy, Christ or the abyss." A Trump administration would give us many more opportunities to say so, and a preacher who cannot preach a message of repentance to a nation that chose Trump to lead them is a preacher who couldn't hit the ground with his hat. Talk amongst yourselves. Wow. Nice. Wow. That's powerful words. Big stuff. Okay, so uh, I, I want to give to you guys, I said in the beginning, we can't walk by sight but faith, and so I'm going to give you some verses later about that because um, I'm going to at least you know put those underneath all of us for the days ahead um, I'm going to read some stuff about the Christian church growing in the world but can we talk for a second guys just for a moment Marcus um, you with us yeah okay <laughs> I want to just talk for a second okay we're we're saying how bad it is we're saying what's wrong okay but you guys help help let's talk about this for a second and everybody who's listening right now I want you just to think what are the steps forward in the midst of a decaying culture in the West, um, in the midst of uh, a nation who hates God? Uh, what are the steps forward? Well, I think the first thing is the gospel, ultimately as a foundation. Right. But I think I would also argue that there are a lot of Christians in the United States right now. There are. There, mm -hmm. I mean, there really is. There's a lot. But the problem is they're disconnected with what to do, right? Like politics and their theology that they believe. I'm talking about a lot of genuine Christians too, not just evangelicals. Like there's a lot of, it, just here in Arizona, for example, like all the reformed churches. A lot of good churches. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. this is just one city. If, if the Christians united together and they acknowledge God's law as a standard of politics, um, they could do a lot at a very local level that would that could just send shockwaves throughout the country. Yeah. 
so so I, I I think it's 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 you know obviously repentance for all the people who are voting mm-hmm. for you know Trump and for all these other people who, but but for Christians by themselves who are you know the even the ones that say, well I'm voting for Hillary I'm voting for Trump because I could never Hillary, right? So that just that that's the disconnection there and that you believe that fascism is somehow better than radical socialism, mm. right? So, so there's a complete disconnect in terms of just basic political education yeah. that n- needs a Christian worldview to really come into play. So, yeah. I mean, so that, that's what I would say is, is there are a lot of Christians here. The gospel is all over the United States, but there needs to be a connection between the church covenant and the government covenant. Like working together. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Honey Bridger, Luke, Joy, what, what do you think are the steps forward um, in the midst of a culture that's that's dying around us? I'll let Honey go first. Honey go first. Well, thanks for calling me Honey. Uh, I agree with Marcus. Unity with the church. Uh, it seems like there's so much disunity throughout the whole nation. This denomination or the non-denominational groups who are saying they're not a denomination, but obviously they are. Mm-hmm. And they just want to just preach love and the gospel within their walls and not outside their walls. Mm-hmm. We have to really engage the culture. And once we engage the culture, we could, you know, take back what our founding fathers gave us, what, mm-hmm. you know, Jonathan Edwards laid down a foundation for us as well, mm-hmm. this nation. And like you were saying earlier, like Joel talks about all the times from the bottom up, not the top down. Mm-hmm. We have to really hit the core issues, like engaging the culture, the universities like ASU, huge huge atheistic college now mm-hmm. we have to engage them on truth and stand for truth and never back down yeah it's interesting people have said uh before and i think it's it's pretty accurate that uh, george whitfield is really the first president mm. of the united states and he was like well he didn't run for political office no he didn't but george whitfield's preaching is what turned the heart of the nation okay and it was the pulpit the new england pulpit uh that gave the circumstances and the heartbeat uh, that led to the war for independence and led to the sorts of things that were happening in the world. It was worldview that led to that Mm -hmm. stuff. And that came from somewhere. So the preaching of George Whitfield, it was what he was saying. It was uh, his sermons being propagated and all those, all those things that took place there, the movement of the spirit of God through the gospel in the early colonies. uh, That was one thing. And uh, that shaped everything. And then you have, again, like I said, the new England pulpit that was preaching uh, consistently on matters of justice and government and the gospel and uh, transformed sanctified lives and all that took place and uh, that that's where that's where we were but that, that that happened because there was this great awakening and there was preaching that was consistent and that's that you know it didn't happen overnight right it didn't happen because of a simple political process it happened because people's hearts were a certain way that's that's why Jeff you were talking about John Knox earlier. And we, we always focus on him, but we forget about Richard Cameron, who showed up like 80 years after John Knox, and the king of Scotland at that time broke covenant, and him and the whole Presbyterian Church of Scotland stood up and called him out wow. and came came back to like a reformation for Scotland. Wow. So wow. We could, yeah. if we just stand up like Richard Cameron and those guys did, we could do the same thing here in the United States. Yep, stand for righteousness and justice. I was just going to say, there's a, you know, there's a much bigger issue here than whether or not Trump gets the Republican nominee, uh, you know, we're not, 
Is that you again? I, I don't want to get rid of this. This this. Uh, Mute your computer. I, oh, okay, I'll do that. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this this article is really important, and I don't want to lose the page. That's fine. Uh, okay. Anyway, so you know the the bigger issue is is we're not voting for a political savior, right? Like the nation right. needs the savior. Yeah. Yes, I'm Jesus Duke in this conversation. No, no, that's right. No, on. but that's yeah. that's the issue, and so we can whine and complain all day long about you know Trump getting the nominee or Hillary or whoever like but that's not even what's going to save this nation it's Christ you know and 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 so instead of belly aching so much about about all this we should be out preaching the gospel and that's what's going to change things yeah not Trump not Hillary not Ted Cruz none of them Jesus yep joy what are the steps forward? What do you think? When you think about what's happening, what do you think is uh, some steps forward that we can take? Um, well, I guess the first thing that comes to mind really is just uh, sort of returning to the original spheres of government mm. and not viewing, you know, the government as we view it now yeah. as, you know, the ultimate Lord. Mm. Um, so... I mean, if we're headed towards a crash and burn, then okay, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to happen if, and that's probably what needs to happen. Yeah. But we can still observe the spheres of government that this country mm-hmm. was built upon, mm. yeah. uh, starting with self, family, church, Amen. and then state. That's right. You know, it's really, it's good. It's a good point you're bringing up. Um, in the book of Revelation, no matter what your eschatological view and framework um, the government is referred to as a beast. You get the seven-headed, ten-horned beast, this monstrosity. I mean, the language that God uses there is language that's terrifying. I mean, mm-hmm. Book of Revelation itself can be terrifying, especially if you don't under- understand the symbolism that goes on there. It's pretty terrifying stuff. But the, the government is referred to as a beast. And uh, I, I believe, of course, that that specifically is talking about that Roman government then and that roman government did demand worship caesar demanded worship um and uh wanted to be seen as god and he wanted ultimate authority in your life he wanted his authority stamped on your head and your hand which in deuteronomy chapter 6 is reserved for god um and so notice the conflict in the book of revelation itself it's between christ and the beast christ and the false prophet uh, christ and the whore the covenant breaking Mm-hmm. Uh, wife and uh, that's where the conflict lies but but just in, th- in this one part the substance of this that I'm trying to get to is that that conflict in the book of Revelation is the people of God versus the beast mm. and what what is the call do not receive the beast mark on your head or your hand don't take that authority which is due to God and let it be the beast let it belong to the beast that belongs only to God on your head on your hand, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Read it, guys. That's where that comes from. And that's the, that's the contrast. The beast wants it. It's supposed to be God's. And, and, and the, the crazy thing is, here in this situation, even people who are saying, like, we want a Christian, a Christian leader, a Christian government, in a sense, they're still, they're still arguing for the beast's authority on their head and hand. Yeah. It's not supposed to be mm-hmm. the beast. It's supposed to be Jesus. It's supposed to be God. And never the beast. And uh, the beast is, I mean, a beast. Mm-hmm. You don't want that in your life. And uh, anytime, watch this, anytime in history, um, you look at a pagan civilization, pagan civilizations give rise to massive, overblown, tyrannical, 
unjust government systems. That's what paganism gives you. When you have a Christian worldview, when you have Jesus as king and Jesus as Lord, always limited government, small government, a focus on justice and God's law. As soon as you turn away from God and you fall into paganism, you get tyranny Mm -hmm. and massive governments. Isn't it interesting? America started off with small government. Christians have the world. What do they get? Small government, limited government. They say, no, you can't do that. I don't care what you say. God's law says this. They fight against that. Small government, right? Justice. And what happens when our nation turns their back on God? What do we get? Massive, overblown, unjust, tyrannical government systems. That is the result of the pagan worldview. Mm -hmm. If you don't have God, it doesn't mean you're not going to have a God. It's just which God will you have? Right. Is it going to be the God of the universe who rules over you? You have, like Joy said, self-government because you have God? Or... Where you switch to the other God, Demas, the people, and you have this overblown government that we're dealing with right now, face-to-face, and we have to do battle with via the gospel, and uh, that's that's just what we get. So um, let's... Uh, well, and that, sh- that shows just sort of how this, the original spheres sort of just naturally occur in this world. You will, I mean, it's not that we don't self-govern, it's that we have self-governed in such a way that has allowed the government to become mm. a beast. So yeah. it it really does just sort of happen, Yeah. Um, yeah. which makes sense because that was all derived from, mm. you know, God's law. Yeah. Um, but so, so it's, it's going to happen either way. People are going to, through self-governing, we've created... We've sort of gotten rid of self. I don't know. We haven't, but of course, I don't know. I don't even no, know what I'm no, trying no, no, to say. No, 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 no. I'm following you. Yeah, you're. Yeah, no, I'm you're making perfect sense. Um, okay, so let's just do this briefly. I want to just give you something that's important. Uh, I want to just say it's important not to be so short-sighted, nearsighted, that you only see what's right in front of you. And it's important for I think us to recognize that we can't gauge the success of Christ's gospel and kingdom in the world based upon, like I said, who occupies the presidency of the United States of America. That's crazy. That's just nuts. So people have, because of the circumstances we're experiencing in the West, thought, well, the church is failing. Why? Because so much sin and like unrighteousness and injustice is, is injustice is going on around us. Well, here's the thing. Broaden your vision, okay? And first of all, and we're going to get to this in a second, you need to lean on the scriptures, walk by faith and what God has said about the world, not by sight, what you see around you. Um, there is a, uh, a report from the Center for the Study of Global Christianity. They identify the top 20 countries that have the highest percentage Christian of Christianity average annual growth rate. Mm. The number of years for the number of Christians to double based on the average annual growth rate has also been calculated. This is from movements.net. Uh, it's an article on the top 10, 20 countries where Christianity is growing the fastest. Uh, here we go. Uh, Nepal in the continent of Asia, South Central. Amen. The Christian average annual growth rate there right now, 10.93% average annual growth rate. Wow. That's pretty big. It's gone. Uh, years to double. Years to double. 6.6. Uh, the majority religion there is Hindu. Mm. Hindu. It's a paganism all around them. And they're growing by a growth rate of 10.93%. Uh, the percentage of that's going to be Christian by 2020, uh, 3.8%, and it's growing, okay? China, Asia, Eastern Asia, a Christian average annual growth rate in China right now is 10.86%, years to double 6.6. Uh, the majority religion is non-religious. 
Um, and uh, percentage of percent Christian in 2020 is 10.6 percent. Um, we can just do a few more right here. Um, the Saudi Arabia, uh, Arabian Peninsula, 9.27 percentage of annual growth rate. Years to double 7.7. The majority religion. Where do you what do you think it is? Islam. Islam. Muslim. And uh, the percentage of Christian is 4.6 percent by 2020. And so it's it's growing. Qatar is growing, Omani is growing, Yemen is growing, Mongolia is growing, Cambodia is growing, Bahrain, that's how you say it, right? Is growing, um, I can't even pronounce that one, so I'm not going to try. Okay, South, <laughs> South Sudan, uh, Bhutan, Mali, uh, Guinea, Kuwait, Singapore, Turks, and the Caicos Islands in the Caribbean. Uh, the percentage of Christian in uh 2020 is 91.6%. Wow. Wow. And the United States by the way is growing as a church. We are. Now you might say this, well that's not saying that all those people are really saved. Of course not. We recognize that there are false believers in the church and there are real believers in the church. Is the point the church is growing. The kingdom of Jesus is growing in the world. It absolutely is a fact in scripture that it will. It's an absolute fact. Well, yeah, and that can just be enough. Yeah, and we're done. <laughs> and Statistics next, aside, Psalm, right, can just be enough. Yeah, I just, um, we're going to go through a few of those verses in just a minute here. Just a few so you have a smattering of them to put underneath you. But just know this. What's right in front of us in the world, if you can get outside of our little box thinking about the presidency, and you can get into the world to see what God is doing in the world, there are massive movements right now in Muslim-dominant countries where Muslims are turning to Christ in droves. It's insane. Mm. Some of the reports that I've read, what's taking place. Under persecution. Under persecution. Now, isn't that weird? Think about that. that that's crazy, right? If you look in history, it's been in the hardest places, the darkest places, the most persecuted regions where the church flourishes. That's why, listen... I don't want to feel the pain. I'm not going to pretend to be super righteous and pious here and say, oh, just bring on the pain. I'm not happy about the pain that's coming ahead of us. I'm not happy that my children are going to suffer. I'm not happy about that. And I, I don't want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. I want favor to be around for a long I time. I do. I really yeah. do. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sadistic and like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not wanting a bunch of lashes. But I will say... In the scope of history, what you learn is when the church goes through difficulty and the world goes through difficulty and darkness, that's where the gospel flourishes. So I have to say this, as much as it pains me to have the words leave my lips, I welcome it. I welcome the justice of God in our nation. I welcome the coming destruction, not because I'm sick and I want it. I welcome it because if it means that our nation's heart will be turned back to God, then I'm going to say, that's absolutely worth it and I'll take it. I mean, it's worth it. I was going to... Just to give you an idea, you, you were talking about those countries and stuff. So China has 1.36 billion people in 2014. That's what it was in 2014. So, you know, if 10% of it's Christian, that's 13.6 million. Like to give, cause you, just to give you an idea, like when you when you talk about that that type of growth. Wait, it's um, it's a wait, it's it's thir- it's 1.3 billion in 2014. So that yeah. means 10% is 100. I just calculated it. So ten percent would would be ten percent of of a billion is a hundred million. Yes, ten percent of a billion is a hundred million. Yes, yeah, not one point three. I don't. That's one percent. When I calculate, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So well, yeah, because I'm right. Ten percent of a billion is a hundred million people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ten percent is is a hundred a hundred million. So so that would be like somewhere around over a hundred million okay. people would be Christian. 
Um, so and the great. U.S. total population is only 318 million. Sweet. That's big. Here's, so if that's, that's big. If, that's, if it's 100 million, that's a third yeah. of the population of the U.S. Yeah. So here's another article on Christianity Today. Just last point here, and we'll just take a quick break and uh, come back and just do a quick little segment, just a quick one, talking about some scriptures, just to try to encourage us in the midst of this difficulty ahead of us. Um, it just... Good, good thing to think about it says, number one, the church is growing slowest in Europe and North America. That, that's true. It's growing, but it's growing the slowest in Europe and North America. So, again, don't, we, sh- we should, shouldn't be so short-sighted and nearsighted as to say, well, it's not big here and happening here, so it can't be happening anywhere else. That, I mean, that's crazy. Well, it's still growing. It's it still says. growing. So the good news is that the church is still growing in Europe and North America. The increase is small. But there is increase nevertheless. Whether the growth is attributable solely to migration or birth rate, I'm not sure. But there's still a net increase in the number of Christians in the West. Since 1900, the church in Europe has seen a 52.2% increase, rising from 3,668,254 in 1900 to 559,900,000 but alongside the fact that the world's population has grown by 78% in the same, um, and in the, okay, just jumped on me, 78% in the same period, those statistics don't quite, don't sound quite so impressive. Even more challenging would be the change in percentage of Europeans that now claim any kind of Christian affiliation, which is not a figure that the IBMR report currently publishes. The church is growing dramatically in the rest of the world. The church has seen dramatic and explosive growth in Asia, Africa, and South America. The growth of the African church in particular is jaw-dropping. In 1900, there were fewer than 9 million Christians in Africa. Now, there are more than 541 million. Mm. Don't tell me things are not getting better. That's crazy. Mm. It's crazy. Is there still sin in the world? Yes. Is there still injustice in the world? Yes. There's a reason for that. Hearts aren't transformed. People don't love God's law. When hearts get transformed, people love God's law. You see the kinds of changes that you're looking for personally. Um, so uh, Christianity is easily the world's largest religion. That's a fact. The, um, so let's just, let's just stop there. So I was going to say, I, re, I fixed, fixed that calculation. Apparently the iPhone will not let you put in an extra zero oh, okay. to the billions. That's why it was <laughs> giving me the wrong number. So it is 136 million yeah. was how that would come out. So Yeah, that's what I thought. So... Yeah. Go ahead. Anybody else? No? No, that was it. No, stretching. All right. So, guys, quick break. We're going to come back. We're just going to load you down with a few verses you can walk away with for some hope as you look forward in the future. Uh, these are good times, guys. They really are. Remember the Reformation? Still happening. What was the popular thing that was said about the Reformation. After darkness light. Yep. After darkness light. And so I believe, because of the scriptures, that after this moment of darkness, there will be light. And I believe, like the scriptures say, Jesus returns to a world where all his enemies are subjected to him and they're under his feet. And then when that's done, then he comes to give death its final blow and to deliver the kingdom as a done finished thing to the father here you go father all done so that's what's up be right back guys apologyradio.com
least I have some good news for you. But in order for me to tell you the good news, I must share with you the bad. A beard can be a most magnificent thing, but it can also be the downfall of a man. An unmaintained beard prevents a face from shining. An unmaintained beard causes dry, itchy skin. An unmaintained beard is a source of beardruff. You know, like dandruff, but beardruff. An unmaintained beard is sharp and ruthless, like iron bristles, not good for the lady friend. An unmaintained beard forfeits future growth based on the lack of preparation today. And let's not forget that an unmaintained beard robs your face from smelling amazing. Let not thy beard be thy downfall. Protect your manlyhood. An epic combination of manliness and manhood. If you are hearing this today, there is hope for your beard. Go to youcosbeard.com and enter the code APOLOGIA and you can save some money while you save your face. Hi, this is Jeff Durbin with Apologia Radio. You can get us at ApologiaRadio.com. I'm also the pastor at Apologia Church in Tempe. You can get us at ApologiaChurch.com. I want to invite you guys to join us for worship, the word, and fellowship on Sundays at 4 p.m. And that's Joy Tempe. Hey there. We are a family-integrated church, so we invite you to bring your whole family to worship with us. This is Luke Pearson, the ministry bear, also discipleship pastor at Apologia Church. Like Jeff mentioned, we are now meeting at a new location and time, 4 p.m. on Sunday afternoons at Arizona Community Church. That's 9325 South Rural Road and Tempe. We're meeting in the Community Center, and that is between Warner and Ray off of Rural. Again, you can reach us on them internets at apologiachurch.com. Delicious beards are encouraged but not required. <laughs> Glory! You are all fired. You were all tired. Good choice. Good choice. That's Ivy Connerly. He is going to be at ReformCon. He is. ReformCon.org is where you go. Y'all can get your tickets. Uh, Dr. James White, John Sampson, Dr. Scott Oliphant. Chatted with him a bit yesterday. Very excited about his teaching. He's going to be teaching on Revelation, God speaking, and the implications. And he's going to do it from an apologetic standpoint. He is the best. And uh, uh, I think I think Dr. Scott Oliphant right now is the best living presuppositional apologist in terms of somebody who teaches it. Um, no, no, nobody better. Whoa. And uh, God doesn't teach apologetics. Man. No, he does. But I think I, I th- Cy, Cy and I both. I'm just kidding. Yeah, Cy and I both learn from Oliphant. That's that's our go to. We learn from him. And um, and so so yeah, he'll be there. Um, we got uh, I said John Sampson, Doctor White, myself. Uh, you've got uh, a concert. Uh, well, sorry, I'm gonna N.D. Wilson. Darren Doan, you got a concert that Friday night. We're going to have um, Eshawn Burgundy, Ivy Connerly, Leah is coming as well, and it's going to be Forenone. awesome. June Forenone, June 1st through 4th, Tempe, Arizona, reformcon.org. Get your tickets as soon as you can, guys. We're going to see you guys there. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fellowship, and uh, a we'll lot of... We might even meet Honey Bridger. Honey Bridger will be there. I'll do autographs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> turkey otter, autographs? Turkey hands. Turkey hands? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's insane. You okay, Luke? Um, Does it really make you uncomfortable, Jeff? Yes. It makes you very uncomfortable. How did you draw turkey hands? With my left hand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, We're I'm, all thinking the it. The mystery's been solved. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like... 
What's Wait a minute. Hands? I'll what show you pictures. I'll, I'll get my family show you pictures and everything. Of all the things in the world to like be affected by, by having one third of a finger, Marcus is most upset that you couldn't properly draw a turkey <laughs> hand. That's correct. That is correct. Big part this of my, is my favorite episode so far. Oh, all about my missing finger, <laughs> or as they say in Tennessee, finger. Finger. You all right, Jeff? You all right? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. What about you? What about, really what about it makes you so uncomfortable? Uh, I just, I just don't like to joke about people's, uh, you know, uh, when people Lack like are, when people are handicapped or their or their bodies hurting in some way or they have some, they've lost a leg or a when finger. they're not normal. I'm just thinking. <laughs> You don't really make fun of that, and this is perfect. This is perfect. This is perfect segue. I'll just say this quickly. I saw this come across my feed um, a couple days ago. That is a little. I mean, you wagging your finger—that's a little yeah. bit in his that, face. Yeah, that's like that's oh, true. Like, look at you, can't do it. Look at you, can't do it. Yes, do it. Now you're doing it. Isn't it? It's like Mr. You know what? That, that was a microaggression. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I saw this come across my feed a couple days ago, and I was like, when I saw it, I thought, well, how do you know that that guy is high? And that's really mean. Uh, 50 Cent. Not generally a fan of 50 Cent. <laughs> But I don't think he's come up on the show before. It's not 50 Cent, it's 50 Cent. I saw okay. this and so, I heard about it. So All right. He had a video I saw come across my feed, so I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's kind of mean. But I, you know, I, I saw it and I thought, oh, that's, that's, I wouldn't do that. And I don't know why you did. But uh, 50 Cent, I'll play it for you first. He films himself on his smartphone uh, saying that an airport employee was high off of something. So he's like following this guy with his phone and he's in his face with the phone. I'll go ahead and play it for you right here. 50 Cent saying the airport employee was high off something. Listen, the new generation is crazy. They're crazy. What's your name? The guy's saying nothing back. Look at him. Look at the. What kind of shit you think he took before he got to work today? He high as a mother right here in the airport. <laughs> Pupils dilated, everything looking like the. The new generation is fucking crazy. So, so thanks, you, thanks for all that extra work you got to yeah, do you now. Gotta, you got to yeah, beep, beep it out. But no, it'd be good. Beep, so this beep. is why I don't like practice. to make fun of it. So anyway, it just comes out today. And I was wondering when I saw it, I was like, what made you think the guy was high? And the guy's like right. trying to ignore him, not talking to him. It turns out the guy has autism and severe social anxiety disorder. And uh, it, it comes out. Everyone knows who the guy is now. And he has wow. spoken out publicly. So 50 Cent, like his career was over before. Right. Right. He's bankrupt and everything now. Yeah. Now it is over. 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 I mean, over. done. I mean, people done. are already doing like a Twitter thing boycott effing vodka. Like, effing is the name of the brand. Yes. E-F-F-E-N. Sorry, I make sure I say that right. Uh, it's a brand of vodka. And so, you know, that's why I don't like to make fun of people when they're hurt or they have a sickness or they've lost a finger. Yeah, but Bridger instigates it on his own. He does instigate it, which is totally yeah, tripping me nah. out. I'm trying to get you more comfortable with it. That's all. Okay. All right. Well, oh, maybe we'll get there. You want to shake my okay. hand? Uh, I shake your hand. I'll, I'll shake you your hand. You want to do the, the ET thing <laughs> with him? I can't believe we're even. <laughs> oh, you, can't, you can't even do the thud, dude. <laughs> well, I do on my right hand. Oh. I won't do it. Oh, yeah. You're right handed, so that's, uh, that's fine. Mm, no. I feel like you're all lucky? of us have to I'm repent a- right now. I don't know. Oh, okay. Ambi. <laughs> He's Ambi. <laughs> Totes, Totes Ambi, bro. Hashtag. Okay. 
I just love that it makes you like just. I'm like seriously inside. I'm very conflicted right now. I'm so conflicted. I think I even chastised Luke before. I was he like, did. No, don't do that. Yeah. Like we, we, you, we, we actually we cut, cut it out. Yeah, we had to cut he, it yeah. out. He made us cut out an episode, and Bridger thought it was the cut, funniest thing in the cut world. Cut it out. Yeah, it was Fun great. He, he was actually begging me or begging Jeff to put it back in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just know your wife. <laughs> Luke she hates punched it. me in the ribs. Yeah, she beats oh, you. Oh, I know Cheryl hates it. <laughs> I know she does. You don't like breaking the rules. No. So, okay, here we go. We're uh, getting ready to do a TV show with uh, my buddy, our buddy, Vocab Malone Ooh. on Listen, I Can't Believe <laughs> It's Happening, Black Hebrew Israelites. Man, if you have seen these people or you have ever confronted them or been confronted by them, you know that this is some serious business. I mean, this is one of the craziest groups I have ever come into contact with. And I have uh, two or three times come into contact with them. And my experience with them was just like awful. And I've seen videos lately that are just, they're hard to watch. I mean, what I feel right now about Honey Bridger is nothing compared to what I feel like in terms of like cringeworthy stuff and watching these black Hebrew Israelites. But Vocab Malone, Spent a lot of time dealing with them and studying them. I think he's writing a doctoral dissertation on the black Hebrew Israelites, oh, wow. which is really necessary. So we're going to do that show, and you guys will be able to see it on the NRB Network. Or if you are all access, you will see that soon. So um, let's do this before we end the show for today. I told you that I think it's important that we walk by um, faith and not by sight. I didn't make that up. That is in our Bibles uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. So, what does the Bible say about Jesus' reign, his sovereign reign? That's, by the way, what kingdom is, say his sovereign reign. Uh, what's it say about his not sovereign reign? reign? No. What's it say about his uh, <laughs> about the salvation and the gospel and the, his victory over the world? Well, it says a lot. And this, by the way, is by no means exhausting the subject. It's just a smattering of verses. Go to it. Go to the verses in their context. Look at the entire biblical narrative. It's important that we don't simply do shallow proof texting, but that we say, okay, is this the narrative of the Bible? Is it the consistent story told throughout? That's the important thing to do. So this is Psalm chapter two. You have to have read this. I mean, if you've been a Christian for any length of time and you decided to read Psalms, at least you got to this one. Maybe you stopped at Psalm 119 because it's so big, okay? I, I, would, I would say you shouldn't do that. Psalm 119 is kind of important and it's all about God's law. Okay, hashtag theonomy. <laughs> Um, okay, the reign of the Lord's anointed is the title, at least in the ESV. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, that's the Messiah, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. I love that. God is laughing at America right now and mm. their attempt to throw off his authority. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. Listen to this. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. Now stop. Who's saying that? The father? Who's he saying it to? The son? What did he say? Ask of me, I'll give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. Brothers and sisters, did Jesus ask? Mm -hmm. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, what do you say? 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Did Jesus forget to ask? Certainly not. God says, ask me, I'll give them to you. The ends of the earth through possession. That's what Jesus told us to get. So, there you go. Now watch this. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Putin, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Now, if we just had Psalm chapter 2, what do you think about the state of affairs in the world? Are things getting better? If we walk by faith in what God says about what he gives to his Messiah, if we don't walk by sight in terms of looking at the presidency, what do we think about the Father and the Son? What did he give to him? The nations and the ends of the earth for whose possession? His possession. How about this one? Psalm 22, famous psalm. You guys all know it because it's the psalm that contains the passion of the Messiah. Talks about him being pierced and his hands and his feet. Talks about his heart being like wax melted within him. It talks about them dividing his garments among them and for his clothing casting lots. But look what it says right after it gives the portrayal of the Messiah's death about a thousand years before Jesus did it. It says this in verse 22, after the death of the Messiah, I will tell of your name to my brothers. But wait a minute, he died. But wait a minute, his hands and feet were pierced. But wait a minute, his heart was like wax melted within him. And then it says, it turns. It says, I will tell of your name to my brothers. Mm. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. Watch this. It says, Psalm 22, verse 27. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord mm -hmm. and he rules over the nations okay if we walk by faith and not by sight what do you think about the nations what do you think about the families of the earth what do you think about who is an authority walk by faith not by sight Psalm 72 he shall have dominion verse 8 from sea to sea from the river to the ends of the earth May desert tribes bow down before him and his enemies lick the dust. Mm. My favorite part here. May the kings of Tarshish <laughs> and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. There is something to say about people who are exclusively psalms in their worship mm. we always have the psalms ourselves ourselves in our worship service we always have during our worship a psalm read every single uh worship service at apologia church we think it's important there is something to say about churches that stay in the psalms you know what they are generally fighting churches you know what this what what was used a lot by the puritans the psalms what they believe post mill why because it's in the psalms he wins. Mm -hmm. He has all authority. The enemies rise up. God puts them down. If the church was reading the Psalms consistently, we would scoff and mock like God does wicked rulers. Psalm 110.1, the most quoted verse in the New Testament from the old. Psalm 110.1, the Lord said 
says to my yep. Lord. Yep. That's the Father saying to the Son, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. That is, brothers and sisters, the favorite Bible verse of God. That's his favorite verse because he uses it so much in the New Testament. So here's the, here's the thing. If you just had that to work off of, if you just walked by faith and not by sight and you said, well, that's Psalm 1101, that the Messiah sits at the right hand of the Father and then God makes his enemies a footstool for his feet. So where are we going? Where's history moving? If Jesus is seated and the Father is putting his enemies under his feet, if the Father has given him the ends of the earth for his possession, if all the families of the earth are going to return and worship God, if he's going to have dominion from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth, where are we going? Towards his footstool. That's right. The world is going under Jesus' feet. How does it take place? The gospel. Faith in Christ. That's Psalm 110.1. Got to wrestle with it. Here's another one. Genesis 49.10, one of my absolute favorites. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him, this is Messiah, shall be the obedience of the peoples, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Not might be, not could be, not should be, to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. I call that a promise. I call that a prophecy. And I think that it's happening now. And if you say, no, it's not. No, it's not. I would tell you to look at your feet. You're more than likely the descendant of pagan parents. Believing in Jesus, submitted to him and his authority. Don't tell me that Jesus isn't winning. Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7. Mm. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder... And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, El Gibor, the Mighty God, the Father of Eternity, the Prince of Peace, that's Jesus. Watch this. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Notice that it's not dropped. It increases mm -hmm. in its government and its peace. So there's progression there. With justice, sorry, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it. With justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Daniel 7, famous one, Daniel 7, 13 through 14. I hope you know it. I saw in the night visions and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man and he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Brothers and sisters, which direction did Jesus go in his ascension? He went up. What did the Father promise Jesus? The nations, the ends of the earth for his possession. What did Jesus tell us to go and get? So is that is that verse fulfilled and being fulfilled today? Of course it is. How, how did we ever get the idea that Jesus' kingdom fails in history? Hey, can I add something here? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think we need to, when we look around and we see like Trump being the nominee for the GOP and Hillary being the nominee for the Republic, the Democrats, um, we need to really like think about what Jesus did. He rose from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it can't get worse than God dying. Right? And so there's a quote, you know, that I'm reminded of where it's like, uh, we can look at other gods and say, our gods died, did yours? 
right? So like like our our God died just to show that He's the God over death, right? He's sovereign over death. Mm. That's the worst thing. And He rose again and defeated death, right? And the Bible says He's continuing to place enemies under His feet even to this day. So, and, and so so Jesus defeated death when He rose ag- again, but He's going to ultimately put it to end. Um, as the very last enemy. Yes. And so it doesn't matter how bad things get lo- locally. Ultimately, Jesus already rose from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Doug Wilson talks about that too. It's like Jesus has already rose from the dead. What else do you need <laughs> for this earth, you know? We win. Like, we already, yeah. I mean, our God died to show that he can die. <laughs> and, and and beat it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So so I just you know I just think we have to really look at the resurrection as our hope during this time. Amen. Yeah. So, so Daniel two um, is the timing of the kingdom. Just quickly look at it. Daniel two, uh, verse forty four and on. It says, "In the days of those kings, that's the fourth kingdom. The God of heaven, that's God Himself, will set up a kingdom. He does it that shall never be destroyed." nor shall the kingdom be left to another people, okay? Never be destroyed, never left to another people. Jesus says that he brought that kingdom. Paul says he brought that kingdom. John says he brought that kingdom. It's a present reality. It's growing. It's flourishing. It's extending to the ends of the earth. All the families of the earth are returning and worshiping the Lord. Matthew 13, fantastic passage. Read the whole thing. I'm just going to remind you of it and point you to it. When Jesus returns, he returns to a wheat field, not a tear field, Mm. okay? Next thing also is Matthew chapter 12. Jesus is confronted, and what do they say? They say that uh, he's working with the devil, and that's why he's casting out demons. And Jesus says, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And he says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. It came. He did do it by the Spirit of God, by the finger of God. That's just, it's it's just the way things are. Finger? Huh? Finger? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) <laughs> it took him a minute. <laughs> Y'all are hurting my heart right now. <laughs> I was reading Bible verses, so I didn't catch it right away. Yeah, it took me a second there. It's just so rare that yeah. I can make you uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I just have to do it. it. <laughs> oh, so, wow. uh... The, the next, I want to finish this segment. The next uh, thing is, uh, don't forget how Jesus tells us the kingdom grows. It grows like a mustard seed that's very, very small. You can barely see it in your hand, and it becomes this tree that's larger than a man. And uh, that's that's how God tells us the kingdom works, okay? It's not dropped on history as a bunch of very large redwoods. It's a mustard seed that grows. It has progression. It's like leaven in a lump of dough. <laughs> You can't necessarily see mm-hmm. it working before your eyes, but before you know it's permeated the entire loaf. When you come back to look at it, it's already full, right? And uh, that's how it works. Leaven in a lump of dough. It is a mustard seed that becomes a tree. Romans chapter 1, in Romans chapter 16, the Apostle Paul bookends his systematic explanation of the gospel with what? This phrase. He says, verse 5, Through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. So it's at the front of Romans, at the, at the end of Romans. And here's the thing. He's a Jewish teacher. He started in a Gamaliel. Do you think he knows about Genesis 49.10? Probably. Shiloh, and to him is going to be the obedience of the peoples. 
Why do you think it is that he adds at the front and back of Romans that the, the goal is to bring about the obedience of faith among all the nations? Because that's what Genesis 49.10 says, right? That's the goal. That's where we're going. What was the Apostle Paul talking to the saints about at the end of the book of Acts? It says that he's preaching to them and teaching them about the kingdom of God day and night. Kingdom of God. Okay, that's, that's where we're going, guys. Here's a big one. This is massive. Now, here's what I'm going to say. This is important. And we're ending here in just a minute. Um, if your eschatological system doesn't fit naturally and easily into 1 Corinthians 15, then brothers and sisters, respectfully, it's not biblical. Because that's Paul's timeline. Okay? If you want to know what is ahead of us in history with Donald Trump running for president, Hillary Clinton running for president, if you want to know, well, walk by faith, not by sight. 1 Corinthians 15. I read it at the beginning of, the, at the, of, beginning of this episode. But I'll read it again. Verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruit to those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Now here we go. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after, 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 destroying every rule and every authority and power. Not some rule, not some authorities, not some power. He is going to destroy every rule, every authority and power. For, and now he quotes Psalm 110.1, he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. How many enemies? All. All the enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. Are we done? <laughs> like, why are we arguing about this? Mm. Well, where's the debate is what I want to know. I couldn't fit what I believed into that passage mm. as, a, as a young Christian. Couldn't do it. Didn't, didn't get it. If you let the text speak for itself, we know where we're going. And if you say, well, that's talking about the kingdom, right, right. Paul puts it as a present reality. Colossians 1.13, he has delivered us, first century, guys, from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. That's first century. He has done this from darkness into the kingdom of his son. There's so many more that can be said here, but Revelation chapter one, you know the passage. It says this, verse five, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on the earth, on earth. Who's the ruler of kings on earth? Jesus. When? Today. Right now. And it says this, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priest to God, to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hey, where's that from? Daniel 7. When did John write that? I believe he wrote it in the 60s of the first century, but even if you believe, even if you believe he wrote it under Domitian's reign in the late 90s, uh, that's still present, present reality. He rules the kings of the earth today. He has made us a kingdom today. And he has glory and dominion forever and ever now. Amen. So brothers and sisters, walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus wins. How do we know that? Because God told us. That's what he says. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, this is another episode of Apologia Radio. Don't forget to go to missionalware.com and get one of these sweet red Greg Bonson t-shirts. 
They support the life and work and ministry of Apologia Church. You guys should get a t-shirt. They're pretty sweet. Joy, we all want to thank you for going without no sleep. Or going with no sleep. And uh, and being on the show with us. We love you. And we're waiting for you to quit your job so you can <laughs> be here full time. All right, y'all. Honey Bridger, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Um, I appreciate you. Not a finger! <laughs> Not a finger. Marcus Pittman. Thanks for all you did today, brother. All right, man. I'm the ninja. And uh, let's pray. Let's stay to the Psalms. Let's focus on the victory of Jesus and his gospel. Guys, the meek inherit the earth, guys. We win. <laughs>